y'all welcome back to the take two podcast my name is kaylee and this week we're wrapping up season two of the podcast we'll have some stuff coming for season three that will take place this summer um and so still ironing out some details on what that looks like but we're gonna have some different special guests than students because students will be gone so Gotta, gotta organize schedules a little bit more than normal. <laughs> um, but this week, we are as we wrap up this semester, we have Andrew Gilliam and Lucas Miller. And today, our fun fact segment of the podcast is going to be their dream car. All right. So for me, I would have to say, if I'm going like practical dream car, Say a 2010 Camaro SS. This is a long time ago. My uncle had one, and that was like the first like sports car that I ever mm-hmm. got to ride in, and just fell in love with the thing. So I'd probably get red with like white racing stripes. Ooh, all right. He's got the entire thing planned out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've been doing some thinking since we thought about it, and it's like there's so many, but I'm probably gonna be like basic here i've always been like fascinated by like the old corvette stingrays mm. yeah and like just get like i don't even know what color probably go blue but like a lighter blue yeah that kind of like twinkles in the sun mm. okay but if i had to go modern i couldn't tell you there's way too many <laughs> <laughs> did you do some like wild supercar like i'd probably go more, oh, practical, more practical because okay. like if i do wild never gonna happen yeah. But if I do more practical, I'd probably go with, like, Mustang, Corvette, mm-hmm. something like that, for okay. sure. yeah. Or Camaro, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely, I'm not falling in the, like, practical new era. I would I would go probably, like, late 60s, early 70s Mustang. And I don't really know if I have a preference on color because that in itself would be cool, and I don't think I'd care about the color as much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or I could also go like an '80s Ford Bronco. Mm. My my dad will be happy I said that. But <laughs> 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 so, all right. Well, this week um, at TNW, Ike shared a message, um, and because we do all of our fun senior celebration things, it's a pretty small message. It kind of just prepares us for summer, prepares us for this transitional season, the season of change, and. Honestly, like, I often don't think we look at, like, the transitions between semesters and summer quite as being such big seasons of change, but really they are, Um, and I didn't, like, as a student, I neglected to ever pay attention to that, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why, why have I gone weeks without, like, prioritizing my relationship with the Lord, and it's like, well, yeah, my entire rhythm and schedule, and even where I live changed in that moment, Um, and so really, that's what we desire to talk about here today is seasons of change and whether that's this this transition into summer or other change that takes place in our lives um and what it looks like to pursue the lord through those those different seasons and so yeah um let's go ahead and start with like yeah let's start with how you've done that in the past like pick any season of change in your life like how have you prioritized the lord in that season I mean, definitely for me, like, being a freshman, definitely the decision on where to go was probably a big one. And, like, just trying to find, like, 
the Lord through that and like just seeing where he wanted me to go and what his plan was because I went, I applied seven colleges, went committed to one, decommitted and came to Trine actually. Mm -hmm. And I was actually going to Concordia University, Wisconsin. Wow. But it just so happened that it was the second week of June that Trine came back and was like, you have been offered tuition exchange. Mm. I was like, that's life changing for when it comes <laughs> to college. Cause like you come to try and you're paying like 50 grand a year, 53 if you're doing engineering mm-hmm. and having like my tuition paid for and like me not wanting to put a financial burden on my parents. Cause I've been blessed to have them help me. Mm-hmm. And just having that was like, it's a no brainer at that point. That's God telling me this is where I want mm. you to go. Yeah. So that was definitely something that really like stood out to me mm-hmm. between those seasons of change. Cause before that, everything was falling through. I couldn't <laughs> afford to go to my number one choice, couldn't afford to go to my second choice. And it was kind of just rolling back on options. And it just so happened that where my dad worked for his first <laughs> job is where I'm going. That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that your dad worked here. <laughs> 1980s. Nice. <laughs> first job out of Huntington University was at Tri-State University. <laughs> what did he do here? It was uh, IT help. Okay. So cool. basically like the head of their IT help yeah. desk, I think. It's uh, been a while. Yeah. I think he still has the business card they had. <laughs> so That's really sweet. For sure. I think for me, like change has always been a very difficult thing. Like it's just something that has always affected me and it's just always kind of been a burden. Um, so like last year, like I, I came to, to school and, um, I mean, that's the story in and of itself is coming mm-hmm. to trying. Um, but like I had all these friends and like all these new people that I was around and I spent so much time around them and then summer came and it just seems like everybody's just gone. Um, so it, it was a little bit difficult. It was just like, I have all these Christian friends, um, who are around all the time. And then I go back home and I don't really have that. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just focusing on like what you do have. Um, I, this is easier said than done. I definitely struggled like staying, present with my or like in continuing on in my faith mm-hmm. and staying in the word and remembering to even pray um but i i think the biggest thing is just making sure you stay in contact with the people that you've met and um, encouraging them on as well as having them encourage you mm-hmm. over the summer yeah yeah it's definitely something that i have learned as I've gone through different seasons of change is like when I like when my rhythm is thrown off then like all of my rhythm is thrown off like it's not just like oh like I have free weeknights when everybody leaves trying now it's like my like like everything and it's like why did that affect my morning routine (laughs) some reason it does and like learning how to be prepared ahead of time 
which I do not have a grasp on. <laughs> I'm like, oh shoot, that's like this week. I haven't really prepared much, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like it's weird how much that affects everything in our lives. Um, I read this book in college called. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to remember the title of it. <laughs> it was, uh, I was like, I can picture what it looks like and where it sits on my bookshelf at home. Um, this was like, not just a textbook. It was much, yeah, I wouldn't have read it if it was a textbook. So <laughs> very different, but it was all about like change in leadership. And this was something I had to read for my master's degree. Um, and this book has always like, just kind of shocked me. Uh, he, the author, um, teaches a lot into our like brains and how we process change. And, um, one of the most mind blowing things to me is that our brains don't know how to process change. Actually, we like, um, they just kind of freak out a little bit and like, <laughs> they, they're like, Oh, this thing is going on and we don't entirely know what to do because everything is suddenly different. And so the way our brain communicates to the rest of our body, it like perceives it as physical pain. And so the author compared this as like, if you broke your leg and you feel physical pain, that's how our brain responds to change. Like it doesn't know the difference. And that's having broke my leg as a child. I'm like, wow, <laughs> my brain really, really freaks out over this. <laughs> but um, I think that's like, part of the reason why our whole like rhythm and our like routines and the things that we prioritize can get really thrown off in those, in those moments is because our brain is just like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? (laughs) How how do I, how do I get through this? And it kind of just goes into not like a panic mode, but a little bit more of a survival mode, I think. And so what do you get? What are your guys' thoughts on like how we might be able to, navigate some of that like with our priorities especially I mean definitely like one of the biggest things I've had to learn uh for myself is like and I'm still learning is like you can't control the uncontrollables Mm -hmm. and like you can go through and worry about oh this could happen this could happen all that and but when it comes down to it it's never gonna happen the way you think Mm -hmm. and it might not happen at all Mm -hmm. and it's like we're so we get our brains so worked up about this is going to change this, this is going to change that, all of that, when half of the time, half of it doesn't happen. Mm. And it's like kind of just realizing what you can control and like understanding like that's going to change stuff, plan for it, seek the Lord's help through it, mm-hmm. and you'll make it through. Yeah. But if we start gain our brains in a tizzy with (laughs) every uncontrollable, everything that comes our way, that's when I think that fight or flight response is very severe. And being the worrier that I am, it's really hard to learn. Yeah. Especially. But it's like, it's something that you stick yourself in the word, it's going to pop out at you. Mm -hmm. And like, that's something I've learned more as I, try to prioritize more reading every day. It's like so many verses are just hammering home <laughs> over and over again that you don't need to worry this much. You just need to live your life. And it's very hard in today's age because every you see everything going on around you and it's like, when's it going to hit me next? When's it going to hit me next? And in reality, 
we should just be focusing on our lane, but also helping up those who have fallen around us. And it's like, <laughs> I've said it so many times, I just get sad from the fact that like people are so narrow-minded that we almost lose our humanity aspect to like help those people that are going through those changes in life. Yeah. Like we're only focused on ours, but in reality, ours tend to be over-exaggerated in our brains almost. Yeah. So. That's really good. It's kind of how I see it. Yeah. I don't know why, but when you were, were saying that it like, it made me think, um, uh, so like, I forget how old I was, but my dad like gave me this sign because I, I I had a lot of anxiety as a, like a middle school student, and it was a, it was a lot of it was a lot of change at that time, and um, I remember he had this like sign that he gave me, um, but it just had like a prayer on it, and the prayer was God grant me this serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Which I think is just such a powerful prayer. Like when we just don't necessarily know what's going on in in like a period of time where you're going through a change. That's just so powerful. Like change the things I can and like um, to accept the things that you cannot change and then also just to know that difference between the two. Yeah. It's huge. Lucas, I really like what you brought up with, like, other people. And, like, and I think it's super important for us as, as like, brothers and sisters to, like, you know, link arms and walk with people through seasons of change. Um, and I think you're right. Like, we do get really focused on ourselves. We're like, oh, man, how do I, how do I navigate these things that are coming up or these things that I'm worried about? And it's like, man, like, there are people, one, that are around me that want to walk with me through those seasons. But then it's like, who around me do I need to walk with? And yeah, that's just really good. <laughs> and um, so how do we, how do we pay attention to the people around us? How do we notice when we're focusing too much on ourselves? I don't want to say like, it's part of like finding those people that truly care. Because those are the ones that will tell you. Because they will point blank tell you if you're worrying about something that's not worth it at all. Yeah. And they'll also be the ones that you see that need you, but you also need them. Mm -hmm. And it's also just like understanding the aspect like, yes, your day could be the worst of the worst. But also still understanding the fact that you are beloved child of God and still saved by Jesus's death on the cross and just having that aspect not everyone has that yeah and it's like seeking those people like you don't know what anybody's going through until you show them that you care Mm -hmm. and it's like Thomas said it best it's like I'm going to try and get this right. <laughs> People don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. And it's like, if you just go around showing that care for anybody, 
you'll see the people you need to walk with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've definitely been trying to put that aspect that Thomas mentioned into my life. And it's really eye opening. Mm-hmm. Cause at the same time, like I said, you get caught up with yourself and you think, Oh, this just isn't going right today. But then take it that step back and just almost people watch mm. and you can see the people that you need to reach out to. And I'm really appreciative to what Thomas said because it's really helped me grow in my faith, especially through times of hardship. And it's, like, gained me many, how to put this, like, I don't even know, characteristics that I think are very, like, strong and meaningful Mm -hmm. and will last for a lifetime. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I kind of see it Mm -hmm. almost. There's definitely more than one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I immediately, like, when we got in here and I, I knew the topic, I was just, one of the verses that came, like, to my head was uh, Hebrews 10, uh, verses, like, 23 and on. And it's talking about, like, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for who he promised is faithful. And it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I think going off of that, just focusing on those people that are around us, um, we, we see when they're struggling. We know, we know mm-hmm. the people around us. We see when they're struggling. Um, and I think spurring them on towards love and good deeds, if you do that, they're going to do the same for you. Um, it's also just like talking about holding on unswervingly to the hope that we profess, I think is so mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think something like both of you are kind of saying in this of like being there for people. And, like, caring for the people that are around us is really what opens those doors. And I think oftentimes what that looks like is just being super intentional with them, uh, asking intentional questions and, and like, just sitting in, like, a place that allows for that to happen. Um, Yeah, like, Andrew, I think of Saturday morning when we went out for coffee in Fort Wayne. There was a group of us that showed up there together and um and man it just created an environment for like like we knew where each of us was when we left that space and it was there were six of us there um uh, but it was like being intentional and spending that time together to know one that each person at that table was cared for and two like we were there to carry each other's burdens and walk through whatever was going on but we had to create space for that to happen it didn't didn't just happen on a Saturday morning is because we were intentional about that space. Yeah, definitely. I kind of have a question going off of that though. Mm-hmm. It's like so we're talking about like going home for the summer. Yeah. There's a lot of people that like when they came to Trine, they found Christian Campus House and this was like the first time they've ever really heard the gospel message or this is the first real group of Christian friends that they've been around. Mm-hmm. So 
what would you what kind of advice would you give to somebody who when they're going home for the summer they have a group of friends who maybe one or two of them is a believer and even they're lukewarm at that how how do you show the love of God to them and then also potentially transition that into a conversation of hey this is what I believe in this is what God's been teaching me I think first off like I think it's super important to remain connected to the people that are a part of this community and so like you come to college you have this life transformation like and this is what I experienced too like I came to college my life changed and I was going to go home and I didn't really have a lot of friends at home that were like this community and it was so like super important that my friends that I did have here we stayed connected throughout that whole summer and I don't know if you like Andrew I know you've heard of this app but the app Marco Polo um it's like it's kind of like FaceTiming people except for it's like a text message in the same sense where you like record a video of yourself and people can jump on and watch you live as you're recording it or it'll like just sit there and be like hey Andrew is talking and sent you a message and then they can go on and like watch it and it's like more face-to-face than texting and that was something that was super vital for like honestly probably my faith um and then the people that I got to love in return um that especially that first summer when I didn't really have people back home was like my six super close friends we had this group chat on there and it was just like hey like how's your day going like what's the Lord teaching you like what are you reading or here's a super funny story that <laughs> happened in my day. Um, and it was just like, it was like it was the closest thing we got to having per, like intentional time together. Um, but that really like, one, it held, held me accountable and like, hey, like my relationship with the Lord really matters still. I can't, can't just neglect this because I am in a different environment now. Um, but then it also like, it helped me love some of the people that were back home. Um, which granted at the time I, I lost a lot of my friends already. Um, I didn't really have a ton of friends that I was like going home to see, but it made it a lot easier to just like be intentional when I was with them and like just be an open door for when those conversations came up where it was like, Hey, like this is what happened this year. (laughs) This is why I'm a different person now. Um, yeah, but it was remaining connected. That answer your question? Yeah, no, I I love that. I I love the Marco Polo thing too. That's <laughs> I've I've used that app uh, quite a bit for work, but like I didn't never really thought of it about using it for like doing ministry with people that aren't like here on campus anymore. And I don't know. That's just that's something that my mind goes back to a lot. And I I feel like I've talked to quite a bit of people here on campus who mm-hmm. are are kind of in that boat. They're like I I don't want to go home. Like I I'm not going to have this community. When I go back home, things are going to be rough again, and like I, I, this is just like a safe place, mm-hmm. and so I think that's re- that's really good. Staying connected, and I mean, when we, as a body of believers, when we hold each other's burdens and kind of know each other and how we we function, we can help each other through that. Yeah. I mean. I've 100% struggled with that a lot. Like, 
in my mind, it's just crazy. You go to college for what, six, seven, eight months with the same group of people, get really close, and then wham, summer, three, four months, don't see half of them. And it's like, the, I feel like the Lord's definitely put it on my heart to be intentional, to still stay connected with all the people that I've met here, but also to continuously like reach out to the people that I had before that were my friends. And it's like 100%, you're going to be able to tell change. And like people going away to college, they'll be acting different, they'll do different things, whether it be good or bad. And it's like just still showing them God's love that I've been able to experience firsthand here and like the support that everyone here has given me when going through hard times, just returning that to individuals going back home that might really need it. Yeah. And like you bringing up that question was like something when I saw that, that I was like, wow, this is something I'm really struggling with. <laughs> Cause it's like, like you said, there's times I don't want to go back home, but it's like, there's others that I'm like, I absolutely need to go back home to spread what is thriving here at Trine. Mm -hmm. And it's like, which is going to win that battle? And 100% every day of the week, I'd say the one that should is going back home. Yeah, there's days that it's hard, <laughs> but it's like having these intentional conversations about it that makes it more absolutely I need to go back home. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just my input <laughs> on that. I don't know if that helps any. Yeah, I like that. Like not seeing it as a, as just like a burden going back home, but seeing it as like a mission and like a calling. Yeah. I like that. Cause I mean, that goes along with something that you can't really change. Like you can't, it's just summer. Like mm -hmm. you, you just go home. It's something you can't change. So definitely seeing where, where God is and trying to make the best out of that moment is really good. I like that. Yeah. And I think like being present wherever God has you for s these seasons too. Like scripture tells us all the time, like our life is just a vapor. Like our time on earth is so short. Um, and if you think about our summer being like three and a half months long, think of how short that is in comparison to our entire lives. Like, um, it's really a precious time and time that we're, we'll never get back with those people. Um, yeah, it's like at some point, uh, for me, it was like, oh, I like went home for like my last summer break or I went home for my last like spring break or my last winter break. And it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll never like just live in my parents' house for weeks again or months again. <laughs> And, like, how precious was that time to, like, be intentional with them? And granted, there were times I probably should have taken it more seriously than I did or been more intentional than I was. Um, but, like, yeah, it's just that time's, like, gone now. And now I'm out of college and I have my own place to live. And <laughs> I try to spend time with my family as much as possible, but it's still not the same as living under their roof and, and being intentional with them or even high school friends where it's like, man, I have a summer to go hang out with them and invest in them because at some point, like we're all going to graduate college and who knows where we'll be. Like we could end up all over the United States, <laughs> all over the world even. And then it's like, wow, I like, I don't have that time back with those people either. I think also like, 
I heard a lot of people talk about this, but like a lot of people go into like a factory job or like some some sort of like forty hour work week job. I think also pouring into the people that are at those places is just such a, a cool opportunity that we don't always get. Um, I think that's this is such a cool like ministry point that like we don't always think of that. We just think of it as like, oh, this is a job. I have to go mm-hmm. to this. Like it's forty hours. I'm in. I'm clocking in and working and then clocking out. But yeah. if we invest in the people that are there too, like. Yeah. That I, like I will say one of my favorite summers, this is the first summer I didn't go home, um, which it was actually 2020. So like the world felt like a disaster. Um, and somehow it's still probably, I could probably count it as some of the best months of my life. Um, and I worked at Tom's Donuts here in town. And it was incredible. Like, it was such. It was so fun to like walk into such a like dark environment. Like, and I think I've said this on the podcast before. Uh, maybe I haven't, but it was. It wasn't uncommon that when we would receive our schedule for the next week, it would be listed as like so and so, and it would just say jail, like across their like times that they were supposed to be at work. And so, like, each of us would be scheduled. It's like, oh, I'm there from 4 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then the next person on the line, it's like, they're in jail. (laughs) And, man, it was just, but it was so cool to, like, step foot in that place. And, like, people know you're different. Like, we've already said that today. (laughs) Like, people see that you're a different person, that you don't look like them. And it was, like, just an open invite. Like, people ask me questions all the time. They were like, why don't you even, like, we take like smoke breaks every 30 minutes. Like, why don't you take a break with us? And I was like, I, like I'm, I'm here to like do my best work. Like, I don't know. I, it's just not something I need to be distracted with or like, yeah, it just led to, that's just like a silly example even, but led to a lot of really cool things that summer and getting to love some very broken people. So, yeah. Take advantage of those things because it's really cool. (laughs) What do you guys think of, like, I don't know, what does, like, being intentional with people look like for you this summer? Like, kind of know what you have going on. (laughs) And, like, you know where you'll be um, at least part of the time. (laughs) And... So what does it look like to be intentional with some people in your life? Definitely, like Andrew said, having a job that you're working 40 hours a week, it's definitely, and like doing, I'm doing uh, alumni play with my high school, and it's definitely like I'll be, there will be days I get up 7.30, leave the house, I'm gone until 9, maybe even 12 if I go spend time with people. It's definitely just like those days that I'm not that busy reaching out intentionally to people that I usually don't see. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely like reaching out to them and like asking, hey, you want to grab a bite to eat? Hey, you want to go to a park? You want to go golfing or something? Mm-hmm. And it's just like definitely like also meeting them where they are. Not telling them, hey, you should come where I am. But ask them, where are you at right now? And just being, like, intentional to be, like, you will put in that 
I wouldn't even say effort, but I guess it is. But you'll put that into them that you will show up at their door if need be. And it's definitely, like, just showing that. And, like, I definitely want to use my weekends very valuably almost Mm -hmm. because it's, like, that's when I'll have most of my free time. And it's definitely like you can you can do God's work through those weekends. <laughs> and it's like I definitely just want to reach out and see tons of faces, whether it be people from here because, you know, 260. <laughs> but it's like definitely just like also people from my high school that graduated with me that are off at Purdue, IU, Ball State. They're in a completely different environment. And just like getting to know what, has gone down in their lives yeah and just if you show them it boils down to (laughs) thomas's thing again if you show them that you will intentionally care and show up at their doorstep they will open up and start to care as well yeah and it's definitely just for me this summer putting that intentional effort in yeah Yeah, I think, like, one of the biggest things that I think of with being intentional is, like, actually caring about a person. Um, So, going deeper than just, like, the, hey, what's up, how are you doing? Like, going deeper, like, actually caring about what's going on in their life and um, just how they're doing, like, how they're actually doing. Yeah. Um, A lot of times when we have that greeting like we're like hey what's up how are you doing everybody says good even if they even if they're like doing bad they <laughs> they're going to say good um but i think like to maximize that like focusing on just like a couple of people like maybe five people that you just really want to invest in this summer and you're going to set a time to maybe once a week once a month go out and get some coffee and just sit down and have a chat um, and like, I think just sitting down one-on-one, like there's friends that I've had for years that like, when we sit down and have an intentional conversation, there's things that I learn about them that I never even knew, um, ever happened. And yeah. so I think really just being intentional with a small group of people, um, and focusing on them yeah. and investing in them. Yeah. I like the, the small group of people, um, it's like dreaming big isn't a bad thing, but <laughs> we are like, we can only do so much personally. And so there's like, man, these top five, like these are the people I really want to pour into. And whether that's your family or that's somebody else, like just being, like it just, it allows space for then when they realize how much you care for them to like, they can show up at your door anytime and you're like, yeah, I'm available. <laughs> if we cram our schedule full of 20 people, somebody's like, hey, I'm, I mean, I actually really want to like talk about this. Like, Jesus, dude, you're talking about, or I'm going through this hard thing. And then it's like, oh, hold up. I'm, I'm kind of scheduled out for a few weeks. And you start flipping through the calendar. And it's like, oh, I'm going to move on to somebody else that has time for me then. And so, yeah, I think it's just good to, to focus on a few people. And, but also like, and that when I say focus on a few people, I mean like being super intentional with them, but then having 
like open space for more people than that. Like you're not going to turn down anyone else. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, having a priority in who gets that attention, I guess. I thought I kind of have a question going off of that. I, I don't know necessarily how to phrase it, but like, I've heard a lot of people say like when they go home this summer, like they have people that they want to intentionally like, like bring up the gospel and mm-hmm. talk about that. And like, they really just so desire to see their lives changed. And like, um, they may see like some of the bad habits that their friends are doing. And they're like, I just, I want them to stop doing that. I want them to see <laughs> God. And like, they're so focused on like the end goal. Um, how would you say that you, you go about doing that, but without like going in with an expectation of like, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like, Bringing up the gospel, but also being, um, like, open-minded enough that if it doesn't go the way you plan, like, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think the number one thing in that is to remember you're not the one that's going to change somebody's life, but it's the Lord working through you. And so, like, we can have this perfect plan, perfect as in our perfect, not his perfect, and it might not be successful. Like we might not get to see that fruit right away. Um, but remembering that our obedience to him is what's going to like open those doors. And so some, if like, man, I really just feel like I'm supposed to share the gospel with this person. And they're just like, heck no, like back off. <laughs> it's like, man, you were being obedient though. Like you were being obedient to, to how the Lord was leading you. Um, and I just have to trust that like somehow, even if it's a messy situation, like planted a seed there. And, and I think that's part of just like not having too big an, too big of an agenda, like remembering that like our agenda is not the goal. Um, it's loving them. That's the goal. I'd almost add on to that. Like just be yourself. Because, like, a lot of times when you start bringing that agenda, like Kaylee said, into it, you're going to try and alter yourself to better push that agenda rather than just being who you are and doing the things that you like to do that give glory to God. And it's like one of the biggest things I've learned is that people are always watching. And it's like even the people, person that, let's say you're trying to share the gospel with, it's like if you go about your life, like you share the gospel, but then you go about your life in a way that is not giving glory to God, that's you've undone all the work you just did. And it's like just kind of like, I wouldn't even say work you did, but like the seed you planted, you kind of just ripped away the almost water from mm-hmm. it because it's like you showed them, hey, there's this guy named Jesus. He's really good for you. And like, he loves you. And so does God. But then you turn around and do something that doesn't, isn't something God would want you to do. It's kind of like the confusion almost Mm -hmm. because you're just going to make him more confused. And it's like just intentionally being yourself. And like, I feel like they'll speak more volumes than going in with the agenda. Like Kaylee said, Because, like, doing those things that give glory to God will 
lead them to start to question, have questions about it. And it's like they see you, let's say you're having a terrible day and you still want to share the gospel with them, but they see you still glorifying God through the trials. And it's like, huh, I wonder how he's doing that or how she's doing that. And it's like, it's just that seed. Now God's just cultivating that to get them to question and which eventually like you're trying, which we want to do is like, they'll ask, how do we do it? And that's your gateway. And that's something that I've kind of like, don't change yourself for one person. Change yourself for God. Yeah, That's really good. <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, I don't know, we get really excited. And it's not, a, our excitement isn't a bad thing. We get really excited and we're like, man, I want to see this change happen in this person's life. But honestly, discipleship is a long process. <laughs> and oftentimes we don't see fruit right away. That we, we do get to experience really cool stories sometimes where it's like, man, I shared the gospel and my friend responded right away. And like, man, like they, they were ready for it then. And that's really cool. But sometimes it just takes a really long time. And it takes a long time of just being a light wherever you are. And, and being obviously different and, and not changing or conforming to something else. But, but being who the Lord has asked you to be. And... I think that's where um, last school year we did the Bless series. Do you remember that, Andrew? Yeah, like I do. That's one of my favorite things to like encourage people to go through. And so Bless stands for begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, and share your story. Share your story is the last one for a reason. And it's like that process of like intentionally loving them, intentionally looking different, intentionally building trust, and... Yeah, it's like pray for your friends. Like start praying for the people you want to invest in this summer. Like continuously pray for them throughout the whole summer. Listen to them. Spend time with them. Eat with them. Get to know them on a different level than you've known them before. Even if you guys like grew up together or they're your parents and you've <laughs> literally known them your whole life, you know. Like just spend time like hearing more about who they are, what what is truly going on in their lives. Um and then, like, when you get to serve them, too, they're like, man, why, why would you choose to serve me so often? Or it's like, hey, mom, like, I did the dishes for you today. And she's like, you've never done the dishes for me before. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's those little things that then lead to this place where they, they really trust you. And, they, and they're open. Like, you've listened to them and spent time with them. And then they're like, man, I've never asked. Like, what's going on in your life? And then it's like, boom gateway like let me tell you <laughs> what has gone on in my life like what and then it's like this is what God's doing too and they're like wow like and that just opens the door for this really cool gospel conversation that's way more personal than just like showing up with that agenda of like here's Jesus hope you want to be his friend <laughs> <laughs> do with it what you will <laughs> yeah. yeah so even if it takes all summer or it took all summer just to get to get a meal with them. <laughs> like that's still really good. One of my like favorite things to like kind of, I don't know, start, start some thinking um, like 
like spark some ideas in their their heads is just like I remember going to a church camp and one of the questions that I asked was like okay we're we're leaving this church camp like we're on like a spiritual high like we're on a camp high mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that that term before like a camp yeah. high um but I, I remember asking this question I was like how do I like glorify God with my friends who aren't believers and like one of the things that he said was just like sit in a group and just share like have one person in the spotlight and have everybody in the group just share like special qualities about that person that just like you admire or like I don't know just something that's super like significant about them and um glorify God through that and like talk about how like God has given each person like unique um characteristics and like I did that with a group of my friends and I just I remember that that night just seeing all of the the smiles on their faces and just like I I remember them like begging they're like can we just do this again like Mm. I think it's such a great way to just start off like some sort of conversation is like hey let's talk about like what's unique about you let's talk about what what God how he's created you yeah uniquely that's really cool because I think, like, I mean, when we don't know the Lord, we don't know our real identity. And so to just speak that into people, like, then you're really going to be like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, that's really awesome. I like that idea a lot. That's cool. I feel like almost, like, doing that, too, also, like, helps you find people that genuinely care about you as oh well. Gosh. Because, yeah. like, you could have, and you can tell when people are doing it whether they truly mean it. And it's like, I feel like it's just a good way to figure out those people that you can lean on. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, though, like, I, we we did that one night, and we were, like, it was sort of unplanned, and I just was like, hey, let's try this out. Like, let's let's see how it is. <laughs> and just, like, a lot of my friends, like, n- never grew up in a Christian household. And, like, they were just, they were so receptive to it. And I, I think it's one of those things where we might try and go in, like, and hit, like, the gospel super hard. But if we'd, like, start with the basic things that they already know, like, they already know, um, like, they're, they're already, like, searching for an identity and, um, searching for a way to be unique. So like speaking into that and showing how like, okay, this, this is where the gospel relates to that. Like uh, this is where it says it in the Bible that this Mm -hmm. is, this is how we are. And yeah, I have a question that goes a little bit of a different direction. We're talking about pouring out a lot throughout the summer, which is good. Like, I think it's really, really good to like, and it's really cool to talk about this and like, I don't know, to hear your guys' excitement to love on different people than um, who you've got to be with all year. Um, and I, because I liked how you phrased it, like taking the really good things that are happening here at Trine and taking them elsewhere. Um, but I'm sure there's people that are listening and they're like, man, I'm getting ready to go into summer or I'm going, getting ready for like some other part of my life to change. and I'm just beat. Like I don't feel like I have anything to give or pour out. And, like, uh, like, I need some, like, soul refuel <laughs> refuel over this time where I'm, like, and I'm, like, back in a, in a healthier place. And 
So for people that like that's what their season of change looks like, how do we in- encourage them or what are what are things that they could do to navigate the upcoming season? I mean, obviously, like, you can't pour out to others what you don't have. Like, mm-hmm. so if, you're, if your cup, like, is empty, you have nothing that you can pour out to others. Um, I think just being really intentional about filling your cup up before you're pouring out to others. And I mean, some of the ways that I, I really like to do that is, like, taking like a nature walk or a prayer walk. Like it's going to be summertime. Like <laughs> get outside and, and go see like God's creation. I think that's something that we don't always really look at. Um, but just like sit out with your Bible and, and read through and um, just reflect on what's in the scriptures. And then I think also just taking time to just be in quiet and listen to what God's saying to you. Um, Cause there it might be a, a way that he's calling you that will give you rest um, rather than what you're doing right in that moment. Yeah. it's good. I feel like another important one, like you touched on, is like understanding when you need to fill yourself up. It's like, and before you let it get to like extreme levels of low. Like, yeah, you can go through school, experience severe burnout, but it's like spiritual burnout hits really different. And it's like understanding that you'll start doing more that's going to have negative impact when you yourself are experiencing that burnout as you continuously try to pour into others. And it's like just being able to realize that point and like you said, go on the intentional journey to refill your cup and it's like yes you're still gonna have people that are gonna come and ask you and like need you and it's like I guess my problem is figuring out that balance because like I don't want to turn someone away yeah I guess that's a question I proposed to you two because it's like I don't really know like you intentionally know you need to refill yours, but it's like you have a friend come and ask you for help, and it's like, I don't want to turn them away. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess how should we go about that? That's, that is something I've struggled a lot with, like this semester and the, and the previous semester. So for those of you that don't know, like I, I work at Life Changing Church with a youth group, and – um, it's just like I I have to be there like in ministry there and then I'm also like in ministry here on campus uh, ministering to the freshmen and just other people that aren't believers and that has been something that has been so difficult for me in navigating and I found so quickly how how much we need to fill ourselves up because um, when you're dry it is so hard to pour out to others and it is is difficult. Like if I have a kid coming up to me, who's just like bawling their eyes out because something just like happened. Like if I'm not filled up, then I'm more quickly to like be very short (laughs) and not really care. Um, So I think just like if you're feeling empty, 
somebody comes up to you in that moment and uh, you're just you're not feeling it either I think being honest with them and talking about like listen I'm going through some stuff right now I'm kind of having a difficult time just being honest with them but also taking that moment and turning it back to God like yes I'm going through this moment right now but here's what I'm going to do about it and here's what you should also try and do yeah Um, so I think you can you can minister to others um, who are are feeling empty and you're feeling empty as well like bring them on the same path that you know where you need to go bring them along with you yeah yeah that's really good and I think another piece of that too is recognizing that if we continue to just say yes to people, we're never going to fill our cup up and be able to like truly pour out into them. Um, it's something I've experienced plenty of times of like, like, and I, I often look to what Jesus looked like in scripture, like what his life really looked like. And when he, when he left to go to the mountainside to fill his cup, like he left, he was like, I, I gotta go. <laughs> like, and people still interrupted him on that journey. Um, people would reach out to touch even just his clothes. And, and oftentimes he saw favor in those people that continued to pursue him. But he still was like, no, I need to go have this time with my father. And there was still work to do. There were still people that like called on him. There were still people that, that needed him. But he still was like, I, I have to go. I'll be back, <laughs> but I have to continue on. Um, or, like, what else is there to give? And um, something that I also think with that is, like, trusting that God has placed other people there, too. Like, you're not the only person, but trusting that God has placed somebody else in that person's life that they can call on, that will point them when you're in a moment where you're like, I really, I just really can't add anything else. Like, trust that the kingdom is big enough to fill the your your gap for that time. That's good. I feel like we often feel like we have that that burden to deal with the situation, and that's good. Yeah. I feel like another thing that I thought of when like we're talking about experiencing that like burnout or just like emptiness it's like understanding that for one it's okay to be not okay yeah. and another it's okay to ask for help yeah i feel like it's such a big thing i don't even know if it's culturally or like in society we're not allowed to ask for help for some reason and it's just like breaking that mold and understanding that we're all human. Mm-hmm. We need each other's help. Especially when it comes to us, our cup running dry. Yeah. And finding those people that want to help you, want to help you refill your cup is so meaningful mm-hmm. and impactful. And it's just like, I don't even know, just ask. <laughs> just yeah. It's just, it's basic, but it's one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. Asking for help. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. It's just, you need some other support. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, 
no one, the good people and the right people aren't going to judge you for asking for help. And the people that do are the people that need the Lord more than you. Because they are judging you on the fact that you are asking for their help. Yeah. Like, you trust them enough to ask them to help you. And if they turn you down and judge you, then they're not worth it. And it's just like finding almost peace that you're not okay is also something that I've very much struggled with because it like you say it, it doesn't make sense at all <laughs> without anything behind it. And it's just like f- surrounding yourself with those people are going to severely help you to fill your cup. That is very true. <laughs> I have experienced that, like, honestly, like, recently in my life. And, like, I just, there was one day I was, like, I just need to, like, tell somebody this. <laughs> and I, like, sat down with a with a really great friend. And I was just, like, I don't, I, like, and right away he was, like, I don't have any answers for you. Like, I'm not going to be able to, like, tell you how to fix your life. And I was, like, that's fine. I just need you to listen. <laughs> and. And it's been so good. Like, it's brought so much, like, like it really has, like, helped refill my cup um, in a lot of ways where it's just like, yeah, someone else knows what's going on. Somebody else checks in on me now. <laughs> like, it's not all just stuck between my ears. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's somewhere else. And, yeah, it's really good to, like, we, we all need people. We don't, we don't just have to be the people that others come to, like, we need to go to others too, and we all, we're all in desperate need of community. That's why God tells us community is good. All right, guys. Anything else you want to add before we wrap things up here? <laughs> Just trying to think. I don't think so, unless you've got. Uh, no, you're good. <laughs> don't, don't do anything stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I had a teacher in high school that every every time we left class, he was like, it was like, oh man, what was his phrase? It was something about like, don't do anything dumb enough to get you in jail, <laughs> like um, or something like that. What my AP lit teacher was like, don't. It was something like, don't do this. The one I remember the most is don't take a bath with a toaster. (laughs) And then always remember that you're a dearly beloved child of God. Mm. That's how she would end every (laughs) class. It was like a bunch of, don't do this, don't do this, toaster bath, you're a dearly beloved child of God. But it's like you always end with the dearly beloved child of God because that's the most important. But yeah, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, that is funny <laughs> and, and kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap us up then. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for sharing. Um, sure. I'm sure. I appreciate your encouragement. I'm sure other people will appreciate your encouragement. So. Um, Don't do something dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you listening, uh, we love you. We thank you for joining us all semester. Um, and. 
and we hope hope summer is great. We hope whatever season of life you're in, um, and just the Lord speaks into whatever's going on, and you're able to hear from Him and know know the the moments to be present and obedient and and what that looks like. So, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we'll have some stuff coming out for summer here soon. So, like always, make sure you download the CCH Trine app, follow us on social media. Um, that way you can be in, in the know of what summer looks like for the Take Two podcast. So we love you. Thank you for joining us. You're a dearly lo- beloved child of God. <laughs> and we'll catch you in a few weeks.